need to know is that we are truly a family here. Uh, we don't look at you based on your social status. We don't look at you based on how much money you make. We don't look at you based on the clothes that you wear. Uh, we look at you the way that God looks at you. And uh, he looks at you and loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And uh, we believe that to be true. So uh, thank you for joining us today. If you're watching online today and you're new, thank you for hopping online and being a part of our church family online. Uh, We're so glad that you're here with us today. We really do believe that we're better together in groups of people, small groups of people. If you're interested in joining a group and getting connected, you can go to guest services before you leave today. And if you're online, just comment groups on this post and someone will touch base with you this week. Uh, Stick around today if you don't have plans, and uh, some of you that brought food, you're sticking around too. Uh, Cane's chicken is on the way, and we're so excited. Uh, we got bone-in chicken as well for some of you that like the bone-in, but we're going to be having a potluck right after service here, so stick around with us and eat some food. Uh, We're also going to have a photo booth set up uh, right in front of the tech booth. Uh, We will move that out here so you can snap a little fall family picture together. Uh, It's really cool. We got it set up in the dwelling back there, and uh, we're excited to bring that out too. So stick around with us and uh, just have have some fun with us, some fellowship. We're also going to have some games like bingo with prizes, uh, so stick around for that too. If you signed up for our Halloween outreach, uh, Halloween, it looks like it's going to be a cold one, by the way. Uh, we will be down there, even if it's snowing. Uh, we'll be down there, downtown, Cynthiana, uh, Halloween night, giving out free pizza and candy to trick-or-treaters. If you signed up, we will get in touch with you this week and let you know when to be there for your specific time slot. And uh, thank you for that, by the way. If you have any more candy to bring in, you can bring it in before Tuesday. Uh, drop it in this bucket here by the stage. And today is the last day to sign up to be a volunteer. So sign up if you haven't already. We'd love to get you involved. So let's talk about November. Since this is the last weekend of October, uh, our November outreach, we try to do something every November uh, centered around Thanksgiving. And uh, we've done blessing baskets in the past, uh, but this year we're doing man buckets. Say man bucket. All right, now I want you to say it with your deepest manly voice. Say man bucket. There we go. That was pretty good, (laughs) y'all. Uh, so uh, man buckets are blessings that any man are going to enjoy, and these are just small things in these little man buckets. So on the next slide here, uh, we've got some examples up here. Beef jerky. Guys like beef jerky. Uh, we've got pretzels, peanuts, small tools, uh, coffee grounds and mugs, sunflower seeds, flashlights. Those are just a couple of things that we jotted down that we thought, hey, most men would enjoy these things. And if there's anything that you can think of, by all means, bring it in. Uh, until Thanksgiving weekend, and we're going to put these into, into buckets, and we're going to give these to select men in the community uh, that we just feel should be blessed this Thanksgiving. So you can help with that. You can also give to the Tie Jug Ministry. Uh, it's a pocket change ministry. You can give to that, and uh, we will take all of those funds and buy if we don't have enough for these man buckets as well. I don't know how many uh, men we're helping. I know it's between five and six at minimum. It could be more than that. It could just be five or six, uh, but we're excited for that. So if you want to help with that, that's going to be starting next week. You can start bringing those into the bucket. Won't be any candy anymore. And there will be more examples on that table over there uh, for, for you to maybe snap a picture or if you just want to get some more ideas if you don't know what to buy. Because guys are kind of hard to buy for, uh, but they all like food. Amen? So, We're in a new series starting next weekend called Momentum. Uh, I like this little picture of the fish jumping from the bowl. Uh, So for the past 10 weeks in this book of Ephesians, we've talked about forward thinking and getting past our past from an individual standpoint, how we all need to follow God individually, 
This series is going to talk for four weeks about how do we do that as a community and as a church. How do we take that next step building community together? So we're excited for that, which means forward thinking, we're in the last weekend. Ten weeks has flown by, and uh, we're excited for this. Uh, this week's message is called Fight to the Finish. We're looking at Ephesians 6, so if you've got your Bible or you've got your smartphone with the Bible app on it, go ahead and turn there, and we're excited for that. We're going to be talking about the armor of God today, and sometimes we just need to suit up. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, and uh, I pray for all of the things happening today. We've got a potluck right after service. We've got many people here this morning. We've also got a rededication and a baptism later in the service. And God, I pray for all of these moving parts and pieces. And right now in this moment, I pray for Bobby as he brings forth a message about suiting up with this armor of God and that we really can do anything. There's nothing that our God cannot do. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen. Alright guys, we're going to wrap up Ephesians uh, chapter 6, and I'm going to read a bunch of that words uh, to you here in just a moment. I don't know how you got your Jesus story started, and maybe if you haven't ever gotten it started, uh, maybe you'll pay a lot of attention today about other people who are trying to get uh, forward thinking, get past their past baptisms and rededication kind of stuff. For some of us, maybe you, uh, it was church camp, maybe it was some kind of revival service, maybe it was some kind of organized worship gathering, uh, but however, however it was that you discovered that, that Jesus really was for everybody, it, it could have been like the opening song, it could have been like Jesus in the parking lot, man. You might have just been sitting in the parking lot listening to K-Love Radio and thinking, I don't have a friend in the world. And, and maybe it just got to you, like, man, I really do, Jesus, I want to be your friend too. So however it happens, whether it's here today at Journey Church or somebody else's church, or whether it's down at the Licking River and you get baptized, or whether it's whatever, I'm just saying, everybody needs Jesus, and we all get in these skirmishes, and we've been scrambling like crazy this morning. We've got a lot of people missing that we... Uh, need in certain places, and other people have to step up, and sometimes we just lose our focus, and maybe that describes you sometimes. Maybe it is that you really just sometimes get uh, in a skirmish with yourself, and uh, you need to find your focus again. So take a deep breath, pray for me that I can catch my thoughts and share this clearly with everyone. Let me say this. I heard this as I drove in this morning also on the K-Love radio. Fear and failure are not your future. Fear and failure are not your future. Jesus is. And you need to know him. And it is the truth. And I, I'm, just not, I'm just not leaving that. I'm just wanting you to believe that with all of your heart that Jesus promises to all of us 
peace and joy and life, and it is on a shelf that everybody can reach. So push back fear and push back failure and uh, ask God to give you some of his peace and joy and love that you're missing. But before we get to there, you got to believe that you're going to have a few scuffles in between. It is a fight to the finish. Say amen. You're going to struggle with this, guys. As soon as you walk out of here, you're going to struggle with trying to keep your focus, not letting fear and failure and anxiety take over, and having, having to prove to yourself and teach yourself and tell yourself that Jesus really is for me and not against me. So let me read this on the screen. If you've got a Bible, you just go to, go to Ephesians chapter 6. But I'm going to start by reading the whole section. And it's, it's, a, it's a paraphrase. It's not the literal Bible, but it's like this is how you might read the Bible in English if you were just going to paraphrase the story. So let me read Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 24 in the message paraphrase. Look on the screen there. And that about wraps it up. The Apostle Paul says, the book of Ephesians that we started with, six chapters, Paul sitting in jail, he got arrested for saying, I, I have to tell everybody that Jesus really is for everybody, and a lot of the people who were religious said, you need to stop telling everybody that, and Paul said, I can't. And so it got him arrested, it got him put under house arrest for two years, and so he sat in his house for two years and couldn't go anywhere, had a Roman guard on the front door. And maybe some of you have been in some kind of lockdown. Maybe it's of your own fault. Maybe it is that, you know, you made some bad decisions. But I'm telling you, when you get to the end of the story in Ephesians chapter 6, it's about you and me. That fear and failure really are not our future. Jesus is. But we have to find him in the scuffles of life, in the skirmishes of life that sometimes we create or somebody else creates for us. And that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you to be strong. So take everything the Master Jesus has set out for you. Put on the right kind of equipment. Well-made weapons of the best materials. Put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. You find yourself in a skirmish and you thought you was a bystander. You didn't even have a dog in the fight. But next thing you know, you're upset and angry too. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This thing's for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Yeah, it is a fight to the finish. Keep going. Verse 13. So what are we going to do besides freak out? Well, you got to know your opponent, and you got to be prepared. If you're a Kentucky football fan, they should have known what kind of game Tennessee would play. You got to be prepared for your enemy, your opponent on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Be prepared. You've got to realize that God is for you and not against you, but you got to get ready, guys. You got to get suited up. You really have to prepare better. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon, piece of equipment God has issued in the Lord's army so that when it's all over but the shouting, you still you will still be on your feet 
And then he mentions the things that you need to have in your life, like the equipment or the armor that really does matter. List them there for six of them there. You need truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. They're more than just words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. Keep going. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long about everything. Pray for your brothers and your sisters, your family, your friends. Pray for everybody you know. Keep your eyes open. Get your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind, so you don't get in some skirmish, some scramble for the ball, behind, so you'd fall behind or drop out. Verse 19, 20. And don't forget to pray for me, Paul says. The guy who's writing this letter, the guy who's sitting in, their, in his house under house arrest for a couple of years, pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to one and all the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. What else we got? He mentions one of his friends. If you've got a friend, you need a friend. You need a loyal friend. You need a trustworthy friend. You need a friend that will come and see you when you're sitting in jail and tell you the truth. He shouldn't have said that or done that. God is with you. You'll get out of here. Tychicus was a good friend. Yeah. Who was loyal. Yeah. When Paul got arrested, Tychicus, my good friend here, will tell you what I'm doing and how things are going with me. He is certainly a dependable servant of the Master. I've sent him not only to tell you in Ephesus about us, but to cheer you on in your faith. Verse 23, 24. Final greetings, final words. Goodbye. You are my friend, Paul says. You and I and all of us, the church in Ephesus, Jesus followers, you are my friend. Love mixed with faith be yours from God the Father and from the Master Jesus Christ. Not fear and anxiety, not failure. Pray, 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 pure grace, nothing but grace. Be with all who love our master, Jesus Christ. Say amen. Yeah, that's the, le that's the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And I'm going to try my best to guide you through about three areas that you're at high risk to lose your focus. Get in some kind of skirmish you shouldn't be in. Some kind of scramble that's going to cause you to lose your focus not be really as good as you need to be. Probably go home and say, I wish we'd have won the game and we should have thought about being better prepared. Say amen? Yeah, let me give you three things. Here's three things that all of us are really at high risk. First thing is you need to, be, you need to really know who your enemy is. Who's the real enemy? <clears throat> Beware who the enemy is that we face. Y'all mad at the wrong people. You're mad at the president because he's a Democrat or you're mad at your mother, your dad, or your uncle or your aunt because they kicked you out of the house or said get out of the basement or whatever. You're mad at somebody sitting beside you right now. You came in here off, you know, frustrated about something that happened. Y'all, you know, you get on each other's nerves. You start, you start aggravating each other. And we start thinking that I don't like you anymore. Yeah, that's not the enemy. We all have issues and struggles and we're, you know, we're, we're all a mess sometimes. But the real enemy is Satan. And so it starts with understanding who's behind all this. Amen? So instead of getting all anxious and frustrated with one another, just 
realize that there's a guy that's trying to work against us, your family, your marriage, your home, your life, your happiness, your sleep. So know your enemy, be aware, he's a strong enemy. And so the Bible gives us a Bible word, verse 10. This word strong in the Bible in the original language of the Greek language the New Testament was written in, it means to clothe yourselves with power. We need power, God's power, a strong power, not passive power that when I go to church every now and then, I'll get a little power. You need this kind of power all the time. If you're going to really defeat your enemy and you're going to fight off the enemy, you need this kind of strong power that comes from God. That's what's really cool about being in a church and being with a church family and a small group and having a Jesus relationship. You have this power all the time, not just sometime, all the time. Verse 20, or verse 10, I'm sorry, in the New American Standard Version 1901 says, Be strong, be strengthened by the access that you have to divine help in the Lord. So God is stronger than our enemy. Say stronger. Yeah. yeah. God's bigger than your problem. I don't know what all your problems are. God already knows. And the Bible says you got to beware of your enemy and know who he is, that it's Satan. And that you really need to understand sometimes that we're at risk because we don't realize who the enemy is. He's going to chase us down and get us in some kind of a ruckus or scuffle that probably is uh, not going to help. you got to know who to believe. Some people tell you the enemy on Facebook, and you believe that's who the enemy is. Satan's the enemy. He's the enemy for everybody. You can't trust everything somebody says. True story. This is kind of funny. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game. Hang on, you hunters and fishermen. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game advised their hikers and hunters and campers to be on alert for bears while they were in the field hunting and fishing. And here's what it said. We advise that hikers wear noisy little bells on their clothing so as to not stumble on a bear and startle him. And also to carry pepper spray in case of an encounter with a bear. And then it goes on to say, it's also a good idea to to watch out for fresh signs of bear activity. Outdoorsmen should recognize the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear and their droppings. Black bear droppings are smaller and contain lots of berries and squirrel fur. Grizzly bear droppings have little bells in it and smells like pepper. (laughs) You better know who your enemy is, Buster. Did you hear me? He will eat you for breakfast. Oh, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that church. I don't need what that preacher's talking about. Yeah, right. He'll run you down. He'll wreck your life. He'll wreck your health. He'll wreck your happiness. you got to know who the enemy is. It's not each other. It's not America versus the rest of the world. It's not politics. It's not education. It's not any of the stuff that we're mad about. Really, the guy to get mad at is the real enemy, is Satan. So you better beware of the bad guy. Verse 10, verse 11 says he's got lots of tricks. And you'd better be aware he is evil. He is the devil. He's devilish. 
Diablos in the Greek language means diabolical. And it's not just Halloween. It's not just wear scary costumes at Halloween. He's for real. It's not like a it's not like a devil in a pitchfork and a red pajama suit or some kind of long underwear. It's this guy's for keeps. And so when we realize our opponent and when we know what our opponent can do, we really are better prepared. And Paul tells us, verse 11, that this guy, their enemy, Satan, is scheming that he had, this, this NIV says he's a wily coyote. The devil has a method to his system. He has an army of angels that are well organized. Verse 12 says they have ranking officers. They are rulers and powers and forces of darkness and forces of weak wickedness. And so we're out here just playing, partying around, thinking like, you know, I'm safe, I'm okay. Do you realize what the enemy's doing and you can't see him? This isn't like some little game. No wonder you're miserable. No wonder your family's falling apart. No wonder you've lost confidence. There's somebody out to eat you alive. And no wonder you feel this way. It's for real. There is this method to his madness in verse 12 and verse 13 they, they describe this, and so we need to understand what, how powerful our opponent is, and then we tap into the power which is stronger, which is God. Amen? There's two different words used for power, one for Satan and one for God. God only gets the big word, the big kratos, kratos. His power is manifest power, mighty power. Intense power, bigger than the enemy. And so we need his power against the enemy. Verse 11, 12, 13, get suited up like we said a moment ago. Put on the armor, put on the right gear, wear the right stuff. Put your phone down. Lay the thing down. I mean, I want it too. I've got one and we need the technology and we need the information. But you need to get the right gear you need to get geared up with stuff that God provides for His strong, intense, mighty power. Verse 12, our battle with evil and Satan is not flesh and blood and people, but our struggle really, it's, it's against something that we can't see. And it gets really ugly. It gets really mighty ugly for sure, and it is a fight to the finish. Say amen? All right, know who you're fighting against. Know the difference in a black bear and a grizzly bear. Know the difference between just some little... You know, Satan picture at Halloween, he's got a pitchfork and a red flannel suit. Know the difference between that guy and the real guy who's got an organized army of evil that's working against you and all your loved ones, you and your church, you, you and your money, you and your future. I mean, there is a guy. And you need to get geared up, suited up with the right kind of equipment that will protect you. Say amen? We need Jesus, man. I don't care if you find him on Tuesday night in the parking lot. Or you found him at Journey Church and came today. You need, you need Jesus. We all do. That's the truth. So here's number two. Here's the second risky thing. That we don't really understand the kind of equipment God wants us to wear. So let me describe it. Six of them. Real quick. Here's the sixth thing God wants us to wear. Here's the first. Put on this belt of truth. You've got to be a truth teller. Verse 14. Yeah. Be buckled up around your waist so you don't lose your britches. A belt of truth is like this picture in the Bible of a big Roman soldier who had this big, big heavy wide belt that kept all of his armor in position. Kind of like a WWW wrestling medal, you know, the big belt they get at the end of the championship. It's kind of like that great big kind of wide belt 
that holds all this stuff around the middle, holds you all together. That's what he's talking about. You've got to tell the truth no matter what. Don't tell some half-truth, sort of true kind of story. You ain't got on the right kind of equipment, man. You're going to get wiped out. If you just tell partial truth, you're in trouble. Say, trouble? Tell the truth. Because you've got an enemy. He's out to get you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to everybody, to his neighbor, for we are all members of the same town, community, school, nation, world, whatever. Put on this belt of truth. Always be a truth teller. Somebody says your name, make sure everybody remembers, I tell the truth. Don't be somebody that's not truthful. Number two, put on the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness and secure it in place to protect your heart and all your vital organs. Be on guard because when your heart gets messed up, your head, your head goes crazy. When your heart gets messed up, Oh, my heart's broken. She broke my heart. Oh, he broke my heart. Oh, they broke my heart. They took my job. They fired me. Oh, I got kicked out and evicted. Oh, it broke my heart. Broke my heart. Yeah. You get your heart all broken and your head's all messed up. You need to put on this breastplate of righteousness to guard our heart. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, of course joking, which are not in place, which are out of place, but rather just say, thank you God that I'm alive. You've got to clean up stuff, guys. You've got to clean up your sexual behavior because that ain't right. And you know it's not right. And your heart's not right. You got to clean up some stuff, and you got to quit using those kind of words because they're not helpful. And your heart ain't right when you use those kind of words. They can be hateful. They can be the kind of curse words that you think it's kind of cool to, you know, say it about everything you want to say. But I'm just telling you, you got to clean some things up. And the only way to do that, because we've got this enemy, we want to put on all this equipment and gear, is that we cover our heart with the breastplate of righteousness of God. Here's number three, put on this gospel of peace. Verse 15. I don't want to put you to sleep. I'm a veteran. I'm a Vietnam vet. There's some others in this room. Randy's a Vietnam vet. Larry back here is a Vietnam vet. There are other veterans in this room. I can tell you right now. If you're in the military and you're a soldier, and if you are a Jesus follower, you are in the military. You're in the Lord's military. You're in the Lord's army if you are a Jesus follower. You might not want to admit it, but that's, that's really who you are. You are in the Lord's army. And so in the Lord's army, you have a mission. And the mission of every soldier in Vietnam and the mission of every soldier in Israel or the mission of any soldier ever in the world that's fighting their enemy is they're fighting for peace in the world. Amen? Now, your commanders may not clarify that, and you may not be really sure why I went there. and you're really, You may not really be sure you know, what this is all about, but I promise you that we need this gospel of peace and that if we follow God and if we follow Jesus, that we're working for the peace of the world and we need to get some traction to help other people discover that they too can have peace, love, and joy. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So work with difficult people. Work with them. 
Work with them for the peace. You're in the Lord's army and you're a soldier, but you don't have to whack off somebody's head. You don't have to whack off somebody's ear. You don't have to whack off somebody's nose. You don't have to cut them off at the knees. You need to really put this on, this gospel of peace, and that you are seeking really peace in your family, peace in the world, peace at your dinner table, peace at your Thanksgiving or Christmas, whatever, seeking peace of others. Love, joy, and peace, they too. Tell them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's your mission. Make sure you know what your mission is. Your mission is not to go to church and judge everybody else that doesn't go to church. Give that up. It's not supposed to be like, you know, I'm angry and mad. You're you're on the wrong team, buddy. You're, You're in the wrong army. That's not the Lord's army. Here's number four. You need to put on the shield of faith. Put on the shield of faith. Not a little dinky, not a little bitty faith, not like a little circle size of a dinner plate. Connie, my wife, is in the book of Ephesians, and her ladies group have been studying the armor of God, and she just told me this week, and I thought, man, that is a great line. I'm going to use it this weekend. She told me that the author Priscilla Shire uses this line about the shield of faith and said, when we get behind the shield of faith, the flaming arrows of the enemy fizzle. Get behind the shield of faith, and that flaming arrows of Satan will fizzle. Faith eats fear for breakfast. Amen? So this picture that's in the Bible of the shield of faith, it's not, it's not like a little dinner plate shield like you're trying to push it around here and there. This is a door-sized shield of faith that covers your entire body. The Roman soldier stood behind this shield that covered him entirely. You need to, through faith in God, be covered entirely. Amen? Yes, stand behind that kind of trust in God. God's got you. God's got this. Whatever it is, and that kind of uh, shield of faith will make Satan's flaming arrows fizzle. Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. Number 5 and then number 6. Put on the helmet of salvation. Protect your head. If you're going to ride a motorcycle, protect your head. It doesn't matter if you've got two arms and two legs if you ain't got your head working right. I'm just saying, protect your head. It's the same. It really is. The Roman helmet, it just covered everything. Metal or leather covered the head. And so how do we cover our head? How do we protect our head? With the cross of Jesus. Put on the helmet of salvation. You are not doomed. You are not a loser. You are forgiven in Christ. Push that negative thinking away. Put on a helmet of salvation. Amen? Yeah, what? What's wrong with you? You are a child of God. So get your thinking right again. Put on the helmet. Put on this helmet of God, a helmet of salvation. Here's number six, the sword of the, sword of the Spirit, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the big gun. It's, it's the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Bible. It, it straightens out a whole lot of problems. It'll straighten out your marriage. It'll straighten out all kinds of bad thoughts. Hebrews chapter 4, for the Word of God is living and active, alive. I had a witch come to my office. True story. Midland, Texas. I had a real genuine live. If you believe in witches, I met one. Years ago, I sat in my office and the, and the door in Midland, Texas, it burst open and she ran in and she was running for her life and she said she was running from a coven of witches and she was trying to get out of the coven and they were trying to kill her. And I opened up the Bible, and I'll tell you the weirdest thing I've ever seen. When I opened up the Bible and tried to read the Bible to her, she was so taken by Satan and such a demonic uh, 
person that she could not let me read her the Bible. She was revolting, moving backwards in the room. She was scooting her chair backwards as I read the Word of God to her. Satan can't take the Bible. Satan can't take the truth. It is the sword which will repel evil. Get on your knees, say your prayers, pray for your kids, pray for your grandkids, pray for your marriage, pray for everything, but use the sword of truth, the Bible, the Word of God. It moves things. It will move evil. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul, spirit, joints, marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Know your enemy and put on the right equipment. These six things I just described, I hope you put a... Man, I hope you took notes. You'll never remember these. Grab a few notes. You, you need all six of these. You're going to go back to work and you got half of this. No wonder. No wonder your heart's not right. No wonder your heart's heavy. Jot a few of these down. Own it, buddy. Own it for yourself. You're a soldier in the Lord's army. You are if you follow Jesus. If Jesus is your brother, your savior. And prepare for all the energy that it's going to take. That's number three. Here's, we're at high risk that we're going to give out. I, I've had enough. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I, I'm worn out. Nobody's helping. Nobody shows up. No, nobody's contributing. I'm the only one. You've got to prepare for the energy because it's exhausting. Life is messy. It has ugly stuff. Ephesians chapter 6 in the Living Bible paraphrase says, Pray all the time. Ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. Plead with God, reminding Him of your needs. And keep praying earnestly for Christians, all Christians everywhere. Sometimes you pray for sick kids. Sometimes you pray for sick kids. And sometimes you pray for sick mama and daddies. Because they got sick from the kids. Sometimes we just pray for sick people. And it could be physically sick. Or emotionally or relationally sick. Or I'm on drugs sick. Or I'm an alcoholic kind of sick. Or it could be just all kinds of sick. But pray for everything big or small. Pray for our journey, pray for all of us at journey, pray for everything, pray for the next president, pray for the next school teacher that you get, your next job, your next your next year of marriage, your next anniversary, pray for all of that kind of stuff, pray big, pray often, pray always about everything, pray for boldness, courage, and confidence, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 9 says, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray for your preacher. Pray for your youth minister. Pray for your small group leader. Pray for your mom. Pray for your dad. Pray for your grandparent. Pray for anybody that represents God. Amen? Pray for them, man. Pray for them because the job, you get tired, man. It's weary. And it's exhausting trying to keep it all together. We get our stamina and energy through prayer. So pray more. That's all I can tell you. Is just pray about everything. Pray big stuff, little stuff. Pray about everything. The bottom line, life is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a fight to the finish. On your last day on earth, I hate to give you this bad news, the first day on earth when you arrived was a struggle. You popped out, but I'm telling you, you was a mess. They needed to clean you up on the first day. Can you, can you imagine? Couldn't they have done something better than that? Like they rubbed that stuff all over my face on the first day. 
And on the last day when you leave here, it ain't pretty either. Man, I'm telling you, you're not going to get out of this life without some kind of struggle. And so the bottom line is life is going to be a struggle. It will be a dogfight. But you've got to know your opponent and be prepared. Amen? Amen. We're going to take communion. And uh, we're going to have a baptism. And Bonnie's going to go get ready. And I'm going to do communion with you. And then we're going to come out with the last song. And we're going to share... A couple of decisions. Bonnie and Chase both are gonna make decisions today. And man, maybe you're maybe you're maybe you're a guest today that came to see their decision. Maybe you're thinking, dude, maybe I need to make a decision. I don't know. Maybe you do. Grab your cup here. We got these two cups. One on the top has got the juice, and one on the bottom has got this little cracker, and it represents Jesus on the cross. So let me read you a little bit about Jesus on the cross. Why it's important. Here you go. John chapter 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener. So can you imagine a garden like this? God God is in heaven and God is the gardener. Our good, good father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine in the garden on earth. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If it ain't for God, if it's not working for God, then he's going to get rid of that. While every branch that does bear fruit, he's even going to prune that back so you don't get arrogant and too boastful and get a big head and think that all this success is because you're really good. You're not good. God is good so that it will be even more fruitful. When he prunes us back, we grow more fruit for God. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you about Jesus. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You can't just go off on your own and say, oh, I got baptized, so I'm done with that. won't work. You need a group of people that will help you grow or you're going to be in trouble no branch can can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine with Jesus neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me I am the vine and you are the branches if a man remains in me and I in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing that's pretty conclusive You're not going to have any success in this life and in this world without Jesus and staying connected to Jesus. Try all you want. But it's only temporary. Not going to last very long. You'll have more problems and more troubles than you ever had before without Jesus. We need more Jesus. Forgive us, Jesus, for trying to do it ourselves. Bread. And the cup. Let me pray. God, there's really not any any sort of special story to tell except tell a story about Jesus. That He takes away the sin of the world, takes away my sin and everyone's sin when we surrender all. So may we just turn ourselves in right now. Admit that we are hiding things and playing phony games and we've not really been genuine and authentic. Not completely. So may we just stand up and be truthful and say we're sinners.
and we need forgiveness and mercy and grace. Will you do that right now? In Jesus' name, amen. Drop the little cup in a a little basket in front of you there as they come by. If you've got a gift to give to anybody, uh, put it in that plate. That's our tithe. And if you want to give away something for the tithe jug, we'll help buy pizzas and things for other people as well. So thank you guys for being here. Don't run off yet. We've got a picnic in a little bit. Cane's chicken and other things. But before we get there, we're going to have baptism and a decision of rededication. And we're going to sing another song. So sing the song together with the band, and then we'll do that uh, baptism. <laughs>